So I, I got to start off with one of these corny jokes, but maybe you heard it before. Did you ever hear about the guy who skipped out on church one Sunday morning? And he was like, you know, I could go to worship anytime, so let me just go hunting. So he went hunting, and while he's hunting, he stumbles upon a grizzly bear. Did you hear this one? So, so he's running away, starts ch- being chased by the grizzly bear, and he stumbles and falls. And then he's, the grizzly bear is just right upon him. And then he goes, God, I am so sorry. I will go to church. Please save me. Please make this grizzly bear a Christian bear. I don't care whatever you do. Make it into a save me. And then all of a sudden, there's a silence. There's just utter silence. And he opens his eyes. And he looks up. And the bear is going, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food I'm about to eat. <laughs> So God answers our prayers. And that could be used in a variety of ways. Be careful how you pray. Be specific. I like the part about the fact that the comical aspect of that, if you're trying to like unpack it, is that personification of a grizzly bear to actually give thanks. It's just bizarre, right? And, and I, I just, I'm thinking about this. How many of you have dogs? And when you give your dog food, does your dog pause for a moment and say, God, you are so good. This Purina dog chow is going to just hit. You're, I just got to worship. Oh, You know, there's something about animals and humans that are different. We, we find gratitude. We, we have this ability to give thanks, right? We, we see food. Let's say you didn't have food for a while and you see food and you're like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Some of us, if you go to California, I'll buy you In-N-Out. In-N-Out, people are like, thank you, Jesus. John 3, 16. (laughs) You know, they have verses on the bottom. And so there's something about us that God wired into you. We're meant to be worshipers. We're meant to give thanks. And giving thanks is actually so profound because it's not merely saying, I got, so therefore, thank you, but it's, I trust, I believe, I know where it comes from. You are the provider. Do you notice, did you ever open a door for someone and they never said thank you? Did you ever do, I mean, do you ever go to a mall and you're like walking in? This happened to me like a lot, but there was once at the mall, so I saw these two ladies coming and they were like middle age, so I was just like, and the ladies just walk in, just ignore me. You know, that turning the other cheek deal, and my heart was raging. I was like, you're welcome. I didn't, no, I didn't say that. I'm here all day. Can I carry your groceries too? This unsanctified side of me is still in there. So I was just like, what? And then I realized, you know, that's for you, God. That's not for them. That's not for me. So I, I just, it was really bothersome, but I said, you know, I didn't, why do I do that? Do I do it for thanks? So I realized i got to check my heart. But there's something to be said, and there's a phrase that says, unspoken gratitude is ingratitude. Unspoken gratitude is ingratitude. So when we don't say thanks, it's not just neutral. It's, I don't care, right? And, and maybe the, the term that ties with that in today's generation and time is like this idea of entitlement, Right? I have this nice life. I have this, I have everything. And we're like, all right, it's nice. I worked hard for it. (laughs) 
Instead of saying, wow, God, you know, my parents worked really hard. They worked six days a week, 12 hours a day to get us where we are. And you made my life even more comfortable because of their hard work. I'm thankful to them. I'm thankful to you. So gratitude is great. It, it, it just projects that I am not entitled to these things. These are all grace. And that somebody is providing this, whether it's my parents or whether it's a God. So I want to talk about that today. And as we go forth, just to relish in God's abundance, even in the deepest waters, that in those hard moments of your lives, you could still say, thank you, God, you're still here. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 7. And it's going to be a short text. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but Psalm 7. Now, David's having a bad day. Some of you guys have a bad day. You have a coworker that doesn't like you. That's nothing compared to what David's going through. Let me read to you what David says. And it says, a a preface says, a shigayon shigayon of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjaminite. Benjaminite. Cush is basically trying to kill him. That's a bad day. So, verse 1. Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Literally. Lord, my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause, have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. In other words, if he says, if there's any sin in my life that deserve this, then let it be so. But God, you know my innocence. This is unjust. This is unfair. Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you while you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord. According to my righteousness, according to my integrity, almost high, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God who pros minds and heart, you hear this plea of God, you are God. Vindicate, you're the only one that could save me. I am in trouble. Did you ever make that kind of prayer? Don't raise your hand, but have you ever made that prayer? I know I did. I mean, there was a time when I literally put my kids to bed. And I just went to a quiet room on my knees, and I literally yelled to God. I said, I have nothing. My life, I don't know where I'm going. And it was like one of the lowest of lowest points with me. And I said, God, I am literally at your mercy. I never felt that low point, I think, in all my life. And in those times when we're broken, isn't it so... Unfortunate that it's only those times that we genuinely see God with faith and trust to say, you are my really only hope. Well, I want to end this with this, verse 17, if you jump down to verse 17. What's weird about this psalm is not how it goes, but how it ends. Verse 17, this is absurd. So he's saying, my life is in trouble. They're trying to kill me. I didn't do anything wrong. God, only you can save me. And look how he ends this psalm. You ready for this? I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord, 
Most High. That didn't impress. Let me read it one more time. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. Do you know why that is so profound? Because when do you and I generally give thanks to God? Thank you for my job. Thank you for my baby. Thank you for my friend. Thank you for my church. But I doubt it's innate in us to say, God, I lost everything. Thank you. For you are still God. Wow, that's faith. You see, it's easy to give thanks to God when you're happy and you got it. But what David's doing here is, in the time that five minutes that he sang this song, from they're chasing after me to they're trying to kill me, did anything change? Did his circumstance change? In five minutes, the Kush dropped dead. No, it's still the same situation. And he says, but in this situation, you're still God. You are still righteous. Thank you. I want to just do something corny. Can you think of right now, silently, well, you can't think loud. Think silently. Something in your life that is just a struggle for you. And on count of three, just say those two words to God. For this struggle, I'm going to go by faith. And I want to say, thank you still. Ready? Just think of something that you're struggling with. And because God is God, not because he's going to change it in your way, but because even though we have this struggle, he's still God. And for his character, we could say thank you. On the count of three, would you just indulge me? Ready? Thank you. That's faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, when you get something from God or when something works out your way, you see that and you say, thank you. That's good. That's response. But faith is, I don't see it, God. I don't feel it. I'm not sure what's changing in my life. But you know what? My life is fully yours anyway. And by grace, I live. By grace, I'm saved. So thank you. Do you notice how um, we never thank for things that we have until we lose it? Oh, my goodness. So Michelle, my daughter, was two or three years old, we went to Ikea, the best place to go with a running around toddler. So we're like, Michelle, don't touch that. I'm going around. Oh, look at these ice curtains. Michelle, don't touch that. Oh, look at that. Ikea said, oh, that, that little, they're so cute, the mirrors and stuff. Michelle, don't touch that. Michelle, stop. And then, you know, when you go downstairs to the, to the lower level, you, Ikea-holics, you know, and then you buy, after you buy that, you know, you know, $1.50 Swedish meatballs, I'm not sure what that is. You go down there, and then just have this dropping feeling. We're down there all of a sudden. Honey, where's Michelle? Oh. The blood is just draining. And you just feel that clammy and you feel that tingly sensation. And all of a sudden, this obnoxious little three-year-old who's touching everything, who you're like annoyed by, becomes the only thing you want at that moment. 
So after like three minutes, what felt like 20, Michelle comes out of the curtains, peekaboo! <laughs> We're going home. I'm going to buy that human leash. My wife got one for me for Father's Day. It's my husband. So, but, but do you notice how our response of gratitude for things that we already have, sometimes we, we, we don't say thank you unless we lose it. Like air. If you stopped having air, you'd be desperate and thank God for it. And right now you guys are going from the subconscious to the conscious and you're going, <gasps> do you notice that? And, and we got to get to a point I, in faith where if we worship God like the song Oceans and we really love the wording and the idea of this, we got to get to this point where, God, I didn't control my birth. Anybody control your birth? You guys dictate who your mom and dad's going to be? Well, check it out. I like him. Anybody born? Anybody dictate how you were raised? Anybody choose your school and your friends? I mean, really? Any of you plan your life to be right now where it is by your design? No way. We're not in control. But the fact that we are here shows God's grace that he is good and he provides just what we need, our daily bread, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. So that's why we say thanks to God. We thank God for his son, Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank God for every day. And David is saying we need to learn to say thank you, not because God changes our circumstances because of who God is. That's going to take your faith to real faith. That's why worriers, W-O-R-I-E-R-S, it's such a great sin. It's like saying, I don't know if I trust you, God, really. I don't know. I think we are a lot of control freaks in us. We like to design course and everything. And we got to turn that part over to the Lord, and that's part of the process. So King David was not basing his thanksgiving on results, but in his confidence in the Lord most high. So each day, thank you for the diapers I have to change. What's the alternative? I have no child that is with me or sick child, you know, or something worse. So we, we give thanks, not because it's good. We give thanks in all things. So guess what God's plan and will for you is? First Thessalonians 5.16, you know this verse. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Matthew Henry, um, Christian author, says this. He got robbed. So I don't know if any of you got robbed. I know my house was burglarized when I lived in New Jersey. Yeah, that's why I moved to California. New Jersey stinks. No, I, I, I wasn't. But I did get robbed. And you know that violated feeling you have. And the last thing on your mind is gratitude and grace. You're thinking, I'm going to kill these guys. Or I mean, with Christian love. I'm going to... When I find, I'm going to bless them so hard. But they'll know. Well, he, this guy got robbed, and look what he says. This is just weird. This is weird to the world's eyes, but this is what God's people do. He says, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. <laughs> That's very optimistic. <laughs> Second, although they took my purse. Yeah, he called it a purse. Man, we like to call it MERS. They did not take my life. That's good. Third, because although they took my all, 
it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not someone else. Thank you, God, that this happened to me and not somebody else. Thank you, God, that it happened, but it wasn't much. I don't know. I think our generation needs to build up a spiritual discipline of gratitude. Amen? I think we hate the term entitlement. We're like, I'm not entitled. But the way we live, your actions speak louder than words, doesn't it? And I wonder what we take away from here is because God is God, because the Holy Spirit is with us, because Jesus Christ has done everything that we couldn't so that we could be made right with God, everything else is icing on the cake. And Lord, I want to just glorify you. That's worship. Not this alone. Your life is worship. How you look at your job, how you look at your perspective, how you look at your family, how you look at your situations is worship when you say, God, in this be honored and be glorified. Thank you. That's what King David is trying to tell us. So this is the hope that I pray for you. I think this gratitude and love of God overcomes fear. And it says in 1 John, for perfect love dries out fear. And when you're scared, when you're afraid, when you're like, where is my life going? Where's my career going? You say, I don't know. I'm going to try my heart with all that God's given me. But at the core of it, I am not my own savior. There is a righteous God, and he is still good. Amen? What would it look like for this generation to be a generation of grace and gratitude? Because Jesus Christ, when he rose again from the dead, he said, done, verified, checked, vouched. You could hang your coat on this. I have overcome it all. I love what Jesus says to the disciples, right? Take heart. In this world, you will have trouble. Did you guys get that part? When you sign up for Christian life, usually that's not what's told to us. When you sign up for Christian life, it's like, you'll be loved, you'll be forgiven, you'll have a new life, start over. That's good, and that's true. But actually, Jesus preached the other way. You follow me, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be ridiculed. In this world, you will have trouble. But I love the next part. You know the next part? But I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. It's not you will overcome the world, but I have overcome the world. And in me, you can live. Gratitude. So let me end with a last story. And I don't know if this is true. I heard this from Pastor Joe, our friend, Joe Lee. And uh, it's a great story. I I don't know if it's true, but it sounds like it. (laughs) There There was a son who was a little spoiled. And for his birthday, before he goes to college, he asked his dad, who's a Christian, devout follower of Christ. You know, Dad, all I want, please, just give me a car. And his father said, I will get you what you need. So on the day of his graduation, his father gives him a package, and he's thinking maybe it's like, you know, card with a box and a key inside, and he opens it up, and it's a, it's a Bible. He goes, what is this? What is this? It's not what I wanted. I wanted a car. And allegedly... He tosses the Bible, blows up with his father, and he 
does his own thing. And apparently for years, he didn't talk to his dad. And then he gets the call. You know, your father passed away last night. Come home. So he comes home, never reconciled with his dad, came home. And then he's sorting it through his stuff. And then he goes to his room and he's like, I can't believe we never talked. So he goes to his room and what does he see in his bookshelf? That Bible. And in that Bible, he pulls it out. And then he's like, stupid Bible. You know, I can't believe this is what caused us to fight. And then he opens the Bible just to look through. And there's a yellow slip of an auto dealership car paid in full. And because he didn't get what he thought he wanted, and he reacted to his expectations, not trusting in the graces of his father, he missed out on life. He missed out on gratitude. He missed out on grace. Now there's a side of me that says, this is probably not a true story. But I feel like it touches a nerve in all of us because we could relate to that with our parents, with gratitude. And the danger of ingratitude is assuming that we are owed more than we deserve. And we've, the truth of the gospel is we've been given more than we'll ever imagine and know than we deserved. Because Jesus Christ gave himself all for you and I. Your worth is secure in who Jesus says you are. Amen? And in that, I find my soul will find rest in your embrace. Because I go to church every Sunday. No. <laughs> Are you following? My soul will find rest in your embrace. For I am yours. And you are mine. New mercy. May you be a community of grace and gratitude. May you face the challenges as you drive down and the work and stress comes up back to you. You're like, oh, reality's hitting. Oh, that project's due. And before you go, oh, I have to go back to work, you say, thank you, Jesus, that I get to work. Thank you, Jesus, that I get to live in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that all my past, present, and future are secure in you. Thank you. Let's pray.